What's up guys, it's Justin, and I know what you guys are wondering, you see that there's a new episode out and it's not Wednesday, and you're absolutely correct. So Kendall and I actually recorded two episodes last week, this was the first one, and initially I wasn't going to release this episode, I was going to make it a bonus episode on Patreon, or I wasn't going to release it at all, but I thought... You know, we talked about so much good stuff in this episode that I would be cheating you guys to not, you know, release it as a real episode. So here it is. Here's the episode. I decided to treat you guys. And I hope you guys enjoy it. We talked about a lot of good stuff on this episode. But before I start the episode, I just wanted to let you guys know how much I appreciate you guys for continuing to listen. And it means a lot to me. So make sure you guys are subscribed. Make sure you give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else you're listening. And be sure to tell a friend about the podcast to help us grow. And also, y'all feel free to follow the Instagram page and feel free to reach out to me on my personal page, DM me, follow me, and we can continue the dialogue further. So without further notice, here's the episode and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Polar Opposites. So I hope you guys are having a good week so far. My week has been all right. But I just want to remind you guys, if you love the show, don't be afraid to subscribe. By subscribing, you get alerts so you never miss an episode. Um, You can leave us a review if you love the show. Tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And also, you can leave us a rating as well. So whatever star rating you feel like giving, you can also um, rate the podcast as well. The ratings don't really mean as much to me. They're more for clout, I guess. But if you want to subscribe, definitely do that. Alright, so this week I'm joined with Kendall, and Kendall I've known for a long time, and the topic that we're discussing is pretty interesting today, so I thought that she'd be perfect for this episode. So do you want to give yourself an introduction, I guess? Um, Hello everyone, my name is Kendall, as he said, and yeah, we've known each other for quite some time. I'm really excited about what I have to say, because I have a lot to say. <laughs> it's going to be a good so, episode, guys, but yeah. Kendall, I feel like you've been like living your best life. Um, This summer, or like last summer, you went to South um, Africa, right? Right. Yeah. So this summer I went to South Africa and I have been living my best life. I'm always moving around. Mm-hmm. I'm a busybody. I love that you went to Africa because I think every black person should some point in their life go to Africa. It's kind of like what the Muslims like they go to Mecca. Black people need to yeah, go to Africa. And I feel like a lot of people have this kind of glorious idea about Africa. Um, so when I went to one of the museums and I was able to see how we as black people were treated in South Africa during the apartheid era, I literally was having goosebumps and I had like a panic attack. And I was just comforted by an African woman in the bathroom yeah. because I was the only black student in this you know leadership group that was just grateful to have this experience mm-hmm. but also felt so defeated like this is supposed to be the glory you in know? your history yeah, yeah and it's actually not so that was, I mean it that is was though the thing is you just don't know where exactly in Africa like your roots lie right yeah and that's mm-hmm. it's like you feel misplaced mm. it's like I'm here in Africa but they didn't even want us here right. so um, I think that people just think that it's all you know shits and giggles there but it's not mm-hmm. so yeah yeah but it was a great experience I'm and glad I got to you went. shark diving Ooh. like what that I, was I can't swim so I won't be anywhere in the water and that's okay you still could have been able to do it okay. but I mean a lot of people I, the only thing is I have a motion sickness oh, okay. so right after I came out of the cage I was like trying to like <laughs> I was just trying to catch my breath mm-hmm. because I wanted to throw up wow But yeah, so you guys, as you know, I started a new segment a couple weeks ago called Off My Chest, where we rant about things that are bothering us. I know, I know. We're transitioning that quick. (laughs) 
So Kendall's is much better than mine, so I'm just going to read mine, um, and then we'll get to hers afterwards. Um, My Get It Off Your Chest, I have a lot of friends that are like about to be doctors, they're in doctorate programs, I have friends that are nurses, and they always seem to post stuff about, 11-hour shift, I'm so tired, Um, oh, I'm studying for six hours, I'm so tired, I'm exhausted. But my thing is that, didn't y'all sign up for this? Literally. (laughs) At this point, we all know that like you can change what you want to do, there's some out, some way, and so it's like, if you want to endure those long hours and you want to do that, that's literally you, Mm -hmm. like that's your choice. So if you, I mean, it's okay to complain sometimes. Right. Everybody needs to vent like I'm venting right now. But it's like, it it doesn't make sense because you signed up for it. You knew what it was going in, but you're always like posting, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. But it's like, come on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of just behavior they feel like they need to like to show everyone I'm in this (laughs) I don't don't even think it's like showing off even I just think it's like you really don't okay maybe it is yeah (laughs) like I'm in this school or I'm I'm you know past my nurse my NCLEX or whatever like I feel like they put both the the journey and you know the success yeah because everything is put on social media that's true maybe I shouldn't be complaining everybody needs to vent so maybe I'm in the wrong for complaining about them yeah and you said your friends not just random people so that's even more Mr. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, you make me, <laughs> you make me sound so bad. Oh, oh my, my god. Gosh. Okay, Kendall, what do you need to get off your chest this week? Okay, so what I'm really struggling with is my parents. Okay. So I'm moving. I moved back home in like June. I tried to stretch it out as long as I could. <laughs> um, the freedom was addicting for the past, you know, f- four years. Mm-hmm. So now I just I really have a problem with my parents. First of all, my mom. Wanting to know all my business, Mm -hmm. who I'm dating, when I'm dating, Uh where I'm going. And if you know me, you know that I have several friends and I love dating. Mm -hmm. Like dating is really fun to me. So Mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, trying something new. I even (laughs) tried a different race. Really? Yes. Okay. Have you always just dated black guys before? Um, yes. And so, well, my first boyfriend in Texas was white. Okay. That was like, you know, whatever. Uh But um, I definitely, after having my quote-unquote enlightenment period, um, I decided, you know, black men. Mm -hmm. But now, after exploring... I'm back on black men. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I love the excitement of dating. And so, yeah, my mom being so nosy is just an issue. And I think it's just dealing with our new dynamic mm-hmm. um, of her, you know, wanting to know everything and me not being able to tell her everything. And then when you date, it's like me, I pride myself on being very successful, being independent, mm-hmm. having my own shit. Mm-hmm. I've had my own shit. I've worked for my own. And so now that I am in a confined space, obviously boys aren't allowed. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to fuck it? Like, that's well, not, that's not. I think that you can option. find ways around that. I know. No, that's I already <laughs> have. Trust me, I already have. But these are my grown pains because uh-huh. I know that. I have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. I am, quote-unquote, successful. I'm starting to build my little nest. And so my question is, when do you fucking leave? Like, when do you leave? When is it time for you to go out and step on the limb? A lot of people say, if I had, if I was in your position, I'd stay with my parents. I'd stack up. But don't you want your peace of mind Mm -hmm. sometimes? I think 
leave whenever it's necessary. For me, it's like a, a saving money thing. Like That's I could be living on my own, but I'd ra- I think it's smarter to figure things out, recoup, and then when I'm ready, leave whenever I want to. And especially it's different for Nigerian parents because they want to keep you as close for as mm-hmm. long as possible. If they wanted, they would like keep me at the house until I'm 30. But that's not that's exactly. not exactly. And not I the feel move. like my parents are totally fine with me being there, and I'm barely there. Mm-hmm. But it's just me wanting like whenever I'm dating like knowing that okay we have to meet up in a public place and this is kind of going to be outside of my like you can't just come over and chill Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah. it's it's always going to be that question of you know and you can't even take it where you want to because Mm -hmm. you don't feel secure with what you have going on Mm -hmm. on top of that Mm -hmm. i have a hoopty so i'm already (laughs) feeling some type of way don't pulling up i know everyone said yeah i don't feel bad but that's what i I pride myself on my success so Mm -hmm. it's humbling every time i get in my 06 Chevy Cobalt. That's not bad. I've, the people drive 1990 something. I cars, understand, so. but I'm saying uh-huh. that it's humbling to me and it makes me hungry for more. Okay. Because I'm not spoiled. I'm very grateful. I know what I have going on. I am spoiled. Let me not say that. <laughs> but it is a constant reminder. Like, I got to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. And just think about it this way living at home is temporary. You're eventually yeah. going to figure things out, move on, save enough money until you're like able to like move out on your own. And then when yeah. you move out, it'll be more worth it because it's like I got to spend time at home with my family and then when it was my time I felt I was able to leave and it's been and I'm never coming back (laughs) are you never (laughs) no only for Thanksgiving is like ghost of life's past this is not the same Kindle like it's really just a town that I used to know Mm -hmm. so being here is just I'm ready to go yeah yeah it's been all right but interesting I wonder if y'all can relate like for those of y'all that finished college or whatever and you come back home how is that dynamic like with all the freedom that you had in college and then transitioning back to not being in your own space anymore so now we're going to transition into in the news so there's a couple stories that's really drawing my attention kendall have you been hearing about the amber geiger situation yes i have okay i've seen all the opinions and i haven't really take taken time to fully digest it Mm. because it's another injustice and I try to make sure that I'm ready for those situations because, right. like, I'm already sensitive. And so it's just, like, hearing about the protests, hearing about people being harassed and just seeing how many years she got, it's just kind of like... Well, for those of y'all that don't know what we're talking about, I'll preface it a little bit. Amber Geiger is a Dallas police officer, and the story goes, like, she was arriving home, I believe, after work, right? Yes. And it was at night. And as she was coming to her apartment, she illegally entered an apartment that wasn't hers and shot somebody that was in what she thought was her apartment and killed the guy. And she thought the guy was a burglar. So it turns out that it was the guy's apartment and that she mistakenly shot him. And she claims that it was an accident and that she thought it was her apartment. So after that, she got fired. And this whole like trial ensued because they found her guilty of murder for right. that whole situation. But the man who was shot was a black man. And when it first came out, they, of course, made it a point to say he had a little bit of weed in his apartment Mm -hmm. and how, you know, at first they tried to cover up the fact that she didn't know which 
room she was stepping into. There was so mm-hmm. many claims well, in the beginning. Well, this it case was ridiculous. Is, is complicated because the claim is that she didn't know that that wasn't her apartment. And then also there's this whole law called stand your ground, but it doesn't apply in Texas. Basically, there's another law. I forgot what it was called, but it's like if you are in your I home and somebody else is in there, you have the right to shoot to protect your property. But the whole thing is that this wasn't her apartment. This was right. somebody else's apartment and she shot him because she thought it was her apartment exactly which is crazy so the fallout from the case is that um, people were wondering is she going to get off what's the verdict going to be and last week or a couple days ago they deliberated and they found her guilty and afterwards they had her sentencing hearing and people were expecting what 28 years to life and they decided on 10 years the jury said 10 years is what's good for her punishment and a lot of people felt some type of way about this they're like that's not enough time for taking somebody's life even my mom interestingly i asked her what she thought about it and she's like it was an honest mistake and i was like yeah she she thinks it was a mistake wow well my thing i was very you know disheartened by the verdict but on top of that the hug when botham's brother decided to hug amber after the entire like verdict and everything I think that a lot of people had a lot of different opinions about it. And my take on that was, I know that we should forgive, but mm-hmm. what the hell? Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't... If y'all, are, if y'all haven't been following the case, the man, the black man that died, his brother, after the whole like sentencing and everything, asked the judge, hey, can I go give this woman that killed my brother a hug? He's very forgiving. <laughs> the way that you put it is like, really? Like, what the... <laughs> He's like, can I give her a hug? So he walks over That's and crazy. then they come and embrace each other. And the whole thing with this story is that the family has been very, very, very forgiving with Amber. Even the dad was like, maybe one day we can be friends. And people are like, why is it always- I don't understand. I don't understand. And I feel like it has been a topic on Twitter that is constantly saying, you know, the black community is so good at forgiving. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know... Yes, we are in Christianity, which is no one wants to have the conversation that it was not our religion. Mm -hmm. It was forced upon us. So, yes, some of the ways have helped people change their lives and things like that, which that's a whole nother topic. Mm -hmm. But forgiveness is not hugging your brother's killer and but can people grieve any way they want? Like who? Yeah, I mean, Uh I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that is something that has been put out there like the black community is really big at forgiving and it always seems to harm us and not really do any good but in this case i really don't know what you would say that was but i personally would not have done that Mm -hmm. so yeah people grieve in different ways i'm not going to judge the way somebody else decides to grieve but i just think it's interesting if the rules were reversed had a black man entered a white woman's apartment mistakenly thinking it was his apartment and shot the woman dead i don't think that this public perception would be the same i think that one he would get a longer sentence i think Mm -hmm. that there would not be this like outcry of oh forgiveness forgiveness and what i found that was really inappropriate the judge after the sentencing and everything came over and was patting her on the back and was like i saw that that is highly inappropriate yes i was very disturbed by just the i felt like it was brainwashed like it was just it looked like 
defeat on our on our end mm-hmm. for the black like it's like picking community. a side almost yes. how are you going to be a judge presiding over a case and then afterwards you come over and console somebody that murdered somebody else i know if it think about it if the roles were reversed and somebody was just patting them on the back i don't think that would even happen mm-hmm. how many black men i guess that were guilty of murder had she come and consoled and given a back rub i thought that was just silly and i i heard that they're looking into like her case and like i don't know she's gonna be out in two months really no <laughs> but it's gonna be less than 10 years oh god but yeah that story really made me upset all right so this week we're going to be talking about canceled culture so i know a lot of you guys in the media have always heard what is canceled culture Cancel culture this cancel culture that kendall what is canceled culture i think that society has made this amen corner that decides based off of a tweet or a post or something from years ago or something from yesterday that is not allowed or not um, wanted by a number of people Mm -hmm. and then it becomes canceled that person becomes canceled maybe their career is basically going on the what is it called when celebrities blacklist or i guess yeah you can yeah, call it getting blacklisted black, beginning blacklisted yeah. but in 2019 mm-hmm. it's basically everything is taken away from you like yeah. you're not respected not respected like everything that you did is a wash now like that's basically what cancel culture is right. so we're seeing like day after day so many people are getting canceled and i don't know my thing i think cancel culture is a good thing and a bad thing i don't know if you agree right. with that or not i do because some things need to be canceled some things that we've all seen that aren't aren't okay and mm-hmm. very problematic and we never spoke on it and yeah. now it's being spoken about but then something's just like damn okay you know yeah it's like so many things that are problematic in the past have for the longest time been given a pass right. and i think that with the climate we have now we have access to social media we're able to learn and dive deep into the past and we're thinking whoa the shit that people were able to get away with that shit is problematic and that's not okay but i think that people should be able to learn from their mistakes as well I don't exactly. Know. And I think that there are a lot of people who have became opinionated, but they don't really have the the range. Yeah. And they don't have the credibility. And I feel like we give the wrong people credibility these days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what makes your opinion the best opinion? And so, yeah, there's a lot of problematic things and technology is awesome. And we have been able to advance um, in a lot of different ways, but I think that it hinders us when we don't give other people a chance. Like, to grow. Yeah. Like, okay, who have we not given a chance to grow? Okay. We all love Meg the Stallion. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. We love Meg, but it's like she has gotten so big so fast that the littlest thing, I mean, she hasn't been canceled. She no, hasn't been completely she hasn't canceled. been canceled, but, but people saying, like, like went into her Twitter and right? scrolled down. And that's, you haven't even given her a chance to, Get her a stylist that can, you know, give her clothes that fit. She's a big girl. I just think it's okay. She it's so messed up. She's a woman. Okay. I, whenever they say that she dresses like a WWE wrestler, it, that it, is, it's, it's just ridiculous. And it's like, are you? And it's the ball headed. And I say the ball headed. <laughs> the ones that are still getting perms, knowing their hair is thinning out in the back. Oh God. With. <laughs> No lights in the corner on Twitter quoting Meg's stuff. Like, you cannot cancel her because her toes aren't done. You can't even get your toes done. Okay, the thing is, you can't cancel somebody for superficial reasons. Exactly. My thing is certain things that can be canceled. If you're a racist, 
canceled. If you're a pedophile, canceled. If you say the N word and you're not black, and you're not black, canceled. <laughs> that's done. But the thing with that, cancel culture doesn't give people a chance to learn from their mistakes. Let's say somebody isn't black and they decide to say the N word. And they didn't know that they're not supposed to do that. They have a chance to know. But if we're just saying just cancel this person and everything that they are just disregard that because they made a mistake, is that fair? No. And I think that is also the issue because for me, um, I am not really a big person on social media that talks about my opinion a Mm -hmm. lot. If you know me in person, then yes, I'm very opinionated. But I feel like um, because I have like bystander intervention training, social justice training, I know that there is a learning piece to a lot of these movements that have started and created um, big waves across society, you know, and it comes with that learning piece. Mm -hmm. And because we have made social media the platform, a lot of things go unsaid. A lot of things are very one-sided, contextual things. And I think that that is why that is the hub of the movement, but mm-hmm. that's also where things are falling through the cracks. Because if you think about it, I think that cancel culture actually came from Black Twitter. Would you agree with that? Everything comes from Black Twitter, okay? <laughs> black true. Twitter is the making of it all. all because we are... The culture, yeah. Yes. I mean, but that's to me, that's where cancel culture came from. But yep. I, I think that everybody should be given a chance to learn from it. But my problem is if you're unwilling to learn from your mistakes and you don't believe that what you did is a mistake that's worth canceling, that's when you, I consider you canceled. And right. for me, a cancellation is I don't support you. I don't listen to you. I just basically don't care about what you're doing moving forward because if you don't get it, why should I continue like supporting you? You know what I mean? Speaking on that, mm-hmm. I went to and I usually don't talk down on on businesses but I went to this black owned business and I love to support black owned businesses Um, if you have any please shout them out Yeah, Um, you know and because I love to support black men and women and LGBTQI you know Mm -hmm. all the black communities Um, and so yeah I went to this spot in downtown Dallas and they played R. Kelly and I was completely disgusted it was and an utterly song? it was no it was a it's like a spot for like a black spot there's not a lot of black spots in dallas mm-hmm. like thursday nights they play like you can do um spoken word there's okay. you know poetry there's music things like that and i really like that spot and the vibe and the the group of people that come it's a large age range mm-hmm. um of young people but they play R. Kelly, and I literally stood up and I said, "Turn it off!" Like mm. he's canceled. Okay, what was? How long did it like play before the you entire said that? like? I, oh, as soon as I heard R. Kelly's voice, mm-hmm. it was a wrap. What was the My vibe whole of mood other change? So, and that's what I was going to speak on. That's the problem. Okay. So, one of the hosts look over at me and he's like, I got you, you know, instantly. But half the room is literally upset when it gets cut, and I'm just like. <laughs> Did y'all not watch? Did y'all not? It's just like some things are completely canceled. Mm -hmm. They just are. And yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up, Kendall, because I think there's what's called like permanent cancellations in my book. If you're a pedophile, you're canceled permanently. If you're a rapist, you're canceled permanently. What else did I write down? Like these people, if you're racist, you're canceled permanently. The thing with racism is that can people grow from that? If you're going to no, cancel... No, okay. it's ingrained in our society. <laughs> if you're going to cancel somebody for being racist, they can't grow from that okay. and learn. Polar opposites. Okay. 
Okay, uh-huh. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, and I think I have some hurt behind that okay. because I had a roommate who was white when I was a freshman, mm-hmm. and she went through white privilege guilt or you know white whatever guilt. white guilt, mm-hmm. and it was because she learned that she had white privilege or that that existed. She didn't even know what it meant, mm-hmm. and I was going through the stage where I couldn't articulate my thoughts, but I knew she had privilege, mm-hmm. you know, and so then she called herself stepping over it and learning from it. But then got her lock changed and put a um, camera in her side of the dorm. Whoa. And it's like, oh, we're good. But now you have extra precautions because I got a little angry in class. So it's like, I feel like, and this is the execution as well, because Mm -hmm. I was angry back then. Mm. But when you are teaching someone racism and or what it means and how they should change, Mm -hmm. it's really all about how to deliver it because sometimes people are feared into, oh, I'm not racist anymore. Mm -hmm. But deep down, they have that hatred for you. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I'm saying, I don't know truly if people can change or grow from it. That's the thing. If somebody, if some celebrity like comes out and people unearth like racist tweets that they had, you can't see like racism and that change in that person. You just have to take them on their word. So if you're going to like cancel them it's like hard if you want to accept them again because you don't know have you changed or are you just saying everything i want to hear because if you think about any celebrity that has some kind of racist controversy they come out the next day and say i'm so sorry about my words and how it hurt everybody i'm so sorry i'm making the steps to change and you will never know if it's genuine (laughs) because they all just want their money a lot of things are about the money Mm -hmm. and that's why it's hard to know if someone is genuine it's all about their underlying um motive Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, I mean, you can cancel people all day. And for me, I'm not really a cancel that artist cancel, besides R. Kelly. Queen, yeah. Yes. Besides R. Kelly. Um, I'm more cancel people in person. I'm very, uh, I'm quick to cut someone off mm-hmm. and quote unquote cancel them based off of their actions and ignorance. their behavior. Yeah. Um, but to go back to R. Kelly, the thing is, if y'all don't know R. Kelly, y'all should know R. Kelly. Oh, He's a pedophile. He like was with girls when they were underage. He likes underage girls. He has a problem, clearly. He, there was a whole documentary that came out exposing everything that he did with the girls and all their stories about just the weird stuff that he's done. But people still want to bump his music. People don't feel a problem with continuing to support R. Kelly, even though they know that he's a problematic figure. So, and it's a lot of people in the black community that still like him. And I wonder what that is. How, why can't we as a community come together and have this one thought that we're not messing with this person anymore? What is it the memories that you have of the music? What is it? I think in watching the documentary really turned it full circle for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, we have attachments to hit all the songs, which he was literally telling on himself in his songs. Mm -hmm. And we all have the good laughs from Trapped in the Closet. And it's a nostalgic feeling. And the thing about black culture, we make things ours and we are developing the culture as we go. We are navigating our truth generation by generation. Mm -hmm. And so that was a generation of our parents who had weddings and had um, family gatherings and family reunions. And he was the background of that. And because the singers and the celebrities in the black community have always been our gods, Mm -hmm. they're they're held on a higher pedestal. Yes. For lack of a better word. Yeah. So 
you know, we're already going to dismiss things, you know, that may taint the memories that we have. But mm-hmm. we have to, we just well, have to say. Same, it. same with Michael Jackson. The thing with Michael Jackson, oh. though, I don't know if that is if it's true or not. Like, I don't know what to believe because I, I know either. so many people have tried to take advantage of Michael Jackson and get some money from a settlement from him. So exactly. because of that, it's like, is it true? Is it not true? Because a lot of people like say, oh, Michael Jackson, no, he's canceled. But yeah, and a lot of us are too young to have seen things for what it is and so until they come out with you know and how many years because they're coming out with documentary for everything now Mm. (laughs) until they come out with some things from some family members and some type of making sense of it we're not going to know and it's just going to be you know childish banter right we don't know that otherwise we're just like Talking about a dead man without yeah. knowing all the facts. We're just the peanut gallery. Exactly. And we're exactly. not getting no money for it. Nope. <laughs> Another thing that was controversial um, in the past is Kevin Hart. Um, Kevin Hart, um, he was set to host the Oscars. People went into his Twitter. Not, did they go into his Twitter? Was it tweets or was his his comic stand-up that I people think had it a problem was, with? I, I think it was tweets that they had pulled It might up. have been both. Yes. Because he had a stand-up special where he was talking about his fear of his son being gay. So he mentioned that if his son was gay, he would, like, smash a dollhouse over oh, his head. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, I, okay, mm-hmm. so think about Kevin Hart, and that's where I turn a blind eye, because I love me some Kevin really? Hart. Really? Yes, You're, and I feel so that's so hypocritical of me, mm-hmm. um, just because I feel like Kevin Hart has a good heart, and I feel like he, sometimes, we have created a really slippery slope for comedians, mm. because they're not able to be funny about these sensitive topics. And sometimes it's kind of like we laugh through our struggle. That's kind of how black people do. We Mm -hmm. laugh through it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yes, it's something that may be offensive and we might, you know, get mad at him. But to cancel him completely. And then the Oscars, he always wanted to be on the Oscars, Mm -hmm. which I heard again when I was watching the Dave Chappelle, like, Reentering the fact that he wanted to do it and it just got ruined mm-hmm. because of things. And I understand, like, I understand. And we're, we're going to talk about it, I guess, mm-hmm. um, the alphabet community. Okay. So, um, you guys, um, both of us, we watched the Dave Chappelle special. Yes. And Dave Chappelle, everybody knows him, famous comedian. He released a new Netflix special called Sticks and Stones. And whenever he released it, it blew up all over the internet because people found what he said thought-provoking, interesting, problematic, homophobic, yeah. whatever you want to call All it. That. Everybody had an opinion about yep. it. What, what about the alphabet police did you want to so talk about? So uh-huh. I really liked his analogy, um, his way of putting like how they are and how they're driving a car mm-hmm. and how, you know. <laughs> it was it was funny. It was. The, and I think, no, I think it needed to be said because we've kind of been thrown into being educated about this community. Okay. Um, it's been around for a while. We've considered these people, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, um, transsexual, asexual, uh, what is it, queer. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these things, but the pronouns and things like that, I know of these things because I dove into it and I went to race and work. ethnicity conferences where it was the topic of conversation is the buzzword in student affairs. But for other people, they kind of got thrown into it. So, of course, people are going to have a joke for it, first mm-hmm. of all. And then people are just ignorant and they're just making, they're assuming. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we have to respect this community, of course. But a lot of things need to be said about, first of all, <laughs> 
how much has been taken away from a lot of things as far as like of course people have talked about how there are sports kind of controversies how you know women are actually men and but they're going Mm. you know the transgender winning races beating literally dusting these other women i I don't i didn't think that was official like are transgender people able to like that is official they have already been beating records yes okay what do you think about this i definitely that's where i think that it needs to be talked about because i feel like that's not fair you know Mm. and it's it's a slippery slope like i said so (sighs) this community Uh and like dave Chappelle, um kind of mentions the trans the transgender you know individuals are kind of backing up the or making the trip longer uh-huh. i don't well the thing is i don't i don't actually agree with that the I, thing is if y'all are probably like what are they even talking about if you didn't watch the special i know it's kind of confusing but basically during the special dave Chappelle like kind of made a metaphor about the lgbt community he called them the alphabet community and basically the metaphor was about all the letters and they're all in a car l representing mm-hmm. lesbians G Bisexual. representing gay and L- basically L- all the LGBTs L- are in a car together. LGBT lesbian, gay, B- bisexual, transgender, LG- transgender. What is next? I don't think he mentioned Q. the cues. Q- is like queer. A questionable. Queer. Oh, okay. They they want to okay. be called queer. Okay. Um, I should know. I just have to see it because um, there's like a lot more. Right. But I know there's asexual in there. And um, but anyways, mm-hmm. he was talking. He was doing yeah. A he he made a metaphor talking yeah. about a car and they're basically going on a trip. Um, so with the trans community, he's like the trans the T is slowing everything down. It was okay. It was funny. I took it as a funny joke and some people found it offensive and they have a right to feel offended if they wanted yeah. to. Um, the thing with like comedy is like, where's the line with saying offensive things in comedy? Cause people want to be able to say whatever they want. But my thing is that they don't want to suffer any consequences because of what they're saying. Cause there is free speech in this country. Everybody can say whatever they want, but where is that line? Can comedians just say whatever they want? Cause if Dave Chappelle can make fun of a community that he's not a part of, why can't a white person make fun of black people and say the N word if they don't want to, or if they want to? That's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. We're navigating that culture. We're navigating a culture that we are creating as we go. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things are, everything goes right now because for so long nothing went Mm -hmm. you know so even the feminist um conversation how can you be a feminist and still you know want to have your man take out the track like you know i struggle with that Mm -hmm. because i'm like where is the line because i want my man to you know be a manly man. I like manly, manly men. men. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's just me. And that doesn't take apart from me standing up for my black women, mm-hmm. for my, you know, Hispanic women, for my, that doesn't take away from that. But I think that we're in a society or a world where everything goes, we're trying to navigate, okay, our community, basically. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fighting for their own community mm-hmm. and how they want those communities to be represented. Mm-hmm. And so we're just, we're in a, but to me, we're in a whirlwind. There's no such thing as equality in a world that will forever be unequal. Exactly. I don't, I think you can strive for equity, but I don't think you can have equality ever because this world will always be unequal the same way you can't rid the world of poverty or hunger. Like, yep. there's inherently going to be people that are going to be suffering somehow in the world. Our job, I guess, as a community is to make 
the suffering less and less for the people yeah. that are continuing to come after. And everybody's life journey, I feel, is the stages of, first of all, being naive, mm-hmm. then something traumatic happening, mm-hmm. um, and then the transition of, and I feel like a lot of people who go to college is another community of a whole different world of changes. Yes. And that's kind of that enlightenment period. And then you realize what you want to focus on being your your everyday, you know, kind of fight. Mm-hmm. And so we all know that at the end of the day, we cannot save the world, but we try to... We what, can try? What, yeah, what moves our, our um, heart to do? Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's really the growth and the period of life and the stages that we go through. Wow, so. well said, Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Thank okay, you. so another thing with cancel culture, I think a lot of stuff comes from Twitter. So celebrities all have um, Twitter accounts. Twitter has been around for 10 plus years and people were able to say whatever they want. As you continue tweeting, those tweets get buried and it gets forgotten about. But in our society, we have people that make it their like life's work to continuously scroll down people's feeds and find a problematic statement tweet. Maybe it was taken out of context. Maybe it wasn't and expose the celebrity for being what problematic or whatever yeah. and then they get canceled what used to be called trolling on twitter and i've been um on twitter since t- 2011 mm-hmm. so basically my freshman year of high school you know what started as kind of your diary that you wanted other people that were your friends to see mm-hmm turned into what it is today which is a monstrous shithole i would call twitter right? um yes but you still have one yes oh yes <laughs> but i don't feed into the bullshit okay, and good. i feel like that is the trollers have become and and that's what our world is becoming where people are buying their groceries on amazon mm-hmm. and they are sitting at the house and buying amazon prime and all of this stuff and just tweeting mm-hmm. and finding other people's tweets mm-hmm. and that's where it's like we're giving people who don't have any credibility all this they pull out these tweets and they just throw them out to Mm -hmm. just shit on people and i think it just shows how long how far we've come Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily want to cancel these people because in 2011 i was probably tweeting about yeah anti-blackness or whatever yeah because i think the schools we went to fed into a lot of anti-blackness i had i i literally had an identity crisis in in high school mm-hmm. because you can talk about it yeah. yeah because um i think that it just stemmed from being where there is money mm-hmm. it's not just oh my parents have good jobs it's my parents own are ceos of corporations that make billions of dollars and I'm friends with these people and mm-hmm. then I have this contorted view of what the middle class means mm-hmm. because I have money but I still can't keep up with who's around me mm-hmm. and then I was accepted as a token black girl mm-hmm. but for me I felt like they just love my personality like mm-hmm. no you were able to fit in those spaces and still be who they wanted you to be mm-hmm. and then going to my undergrad institution as a predominantly white institution and not being black enough for the people who wow. came straight from Dallas. Mm-hmm. And to no so, fault of your own. Yes. You're a product of your environment for so literally for you to want acceptance from people who look like you only for yep. them to turn their back and be like, oh, you're not one of us. Exactly. That, that makes you feel terrible because exactly. it's like, I want to become who I, my best version of myself. Exactly. These are people that look like me. I didn't have that where I came from. And then y'all wouldn't accept me. And I me. did have that where we, like mm-hmm. where we did, you know, go to school. No, nope, there wasn't many. Though. There weren't many yeah. and it was like we were all going through our 
micro journeys and we were kind of the macro was okay brown people Mm -hmm. but we were all going through our own journeys and i feel like even you know being a super christian is what i would call it like i was devoted and i you know was very loud about my um my faith and my you know all of that but all of those things still not knowing who kendall was and then knowing that I'm not only black, like I'm dark skinned, I'm tall, I have a deep commanding voice. I am, you know, very different. Mm -hmm. So even in the black crowd, I'm never going to, you know, fit in completely because I don't have the same, you know, relatable background. We all, black people have the most craziest stories. We do. Everybody has crazy. Yes. And then, you know, the white people having that angry moment where it was just like, the, the white people that I befriended mm-hmm. seeing their, their tweets about Trump. I um, had a, a whole conversation, a back and you yeah. <laughs> a back and forth battle with a former um Somebody friend that, yeah. from and cause she had posted something problematic as hell. And y'all don't know who the Kindle you're fucking with now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't play about it. And Do you do you wanna say what it was? Because you don't have to say who it was, but only up to you. I'm not going to even okay. bring it up. Um, because me and her have since hashed it out. And she actually wants to go um, eat lunch with me. So we're going to talk. Okay. Yeah, I've not talked to any of the white people that I used to be friends same. with. It, I just follow them on Instagram and mm. laugh. Because <laughs> it's like they all look the same. And that's just what it is. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, I just think, you know, all of that, really where my enlightenment happened and I changed my way of thinking and a lot of things took place was I was really high and mm-hmm. this is when I didn't smoke a lot and I got really high and I watched 13th the documentary oh the and Ava DuVernay documentary I, I highly recommend guys I love Ava DuVernay mm-hmm. and I watched that and I was shook I was so shook I felt like I came out of body because I am very a very visual person and it clicked for me why I didn't like history class it clicked for me everything that I've been told my whole life it was literally shown <laughs> on a timeline yeah And I was sick to my stomach and I was angry. Mm. That anger will never leave me. Mm. Like that feeling is what devotes me to wanting to be so on fire for my community every day. Mm -hmm. Because I, that feeling. And I was, that's the fire that keeps you burning. Yeah. Yeah. I can talk. <laughs> it's okay. This episode is like, hopefully y'all are following, but we're just, we're just venting, y'all. So we were on Twitter. Yes, and we were talking we about, were oh, on okay. Twitter and I got all We were going off. somewhere. Yeah, but I was saying that if I, we were basically saying that people can't be canceled based off of just Twitter because people are, you know, pulling up old things and it shows how we've changed as a community. Mm-hmm. What we used to allow, because obviously when they tweeted in 2000, whenever, and it was, it wasn't problematic then because mm-hmm. it wasn't talked about. Right. But now we're in a space where- Different context. Yep. And people are not allowing it. So you see, we've kind of, that's how I Mm -hmm. see it. But I don't, I think nobody should honestly have a Twitter because people get fired for tweets. All these celebrities losing their jobs, getting fired from projects because of their prior tweets. People change, people are evolving. So I don't think that. But we're all addicted now. I'm not. (laughs) I know you're not. But 2011 to 2019, that's eight, that's pretty much almost 10 years. It's like a, a digital diary, basically, is what Twitter is. All your stream of consciousness thoughts just put onto like yeah. the interwebs and it's there for as long as you want it to be there. Or at least until somebody goes and finds your problematic tweets. That's really crazy. It's- I mean, I've thought about it and I'm like, well, that's my truth. If I get famous off something crazy, um, I just know I can't be a politician mm-hmm. and I've already yeah. you know, I've accepted, accepted that. that. <laughs> yes. I 
can't be a politician. It's okay. Yeah, because I don't know. I just think that people grow, people change. So, uh, like, people were like really upset with Kanye's tweets, and now they're going to his church services. Slash, those demonic what? things or whatever. Yeah. That- <laughs> so some people can turn around there because people were over him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's this tweet that I saw that was How do you find these tweets? Okay. On the, like, on the, I don't have a burner account, I promise you. I, I just find these things on the internet. Like, it can be in articles, and I just screenshot it. Um, <laughs> Kendall's trying to expose me. I swear, y'all, I don't have a burner Twitter account. I really don't. So this tweet says, Y'all swear we live in a sensitive era. No, we live in an era of accountability. You're now seeing the era of people who are looking to break generational cycles and curses and realize that most of the problematic shit we've let ride in the past wasn't okay and won't be okay. That is a word. A word. Wow. That I, is, when I, and that that's what Twitter is for. Like, Twitter mm-hmm. is educating people as well. Yeah, but... If, I don't, There's more foolishness than, than educating. True. But people are growing their businesses. This girl in, that I went to school with mm-hmm. has grown her food business through Twitter. Twitter. I so, mean, it has everything has its perks. Not everything can be completely bad, but I don't know. I think that it causes more harm than good, yeah. in my opinion. But I don't know. Um, but also, like, the thing with cancel culture is that, you know, we're highlighting the wrongs that people do. We're highlighting people's mistakes. But if we really want to take a deep dive, how many of us have never made a mistake in our life? Nobody should be raising your hand because we've all, you know, made mistakes. And that's part of growing. We've allowed people to grow. So why cancel somebody when we can allow somebody to grow? Like, Kendall, have you, like, been problematic in the past? Like, how have you grown? I've definitely been problematic. Um, I think that people have their moments and I definitely have had mine from high school to now. And I'm just because those are literally in my head. My life stages are high school college and then where I'm at now mm-hmm. and college senses of so many other stages yeah I was definitely I feel like a mean girl in high school and I was I never know where I stand with most people because uh, of that mm-hmm. I don't know how I rub people the wrong way or what I said but I really didn't care and mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was and what I was doing mm-hmm. um, but I think that the most problematic I think that I've been is probably through my radical phase where I was mad at the world because of watching 13th mm-hmm. and um, realizing I'm really a black woman in this world and everything is against me. Everything mm-hmm. wants everybody and all the systems are set up for me to fail. And coming to that realization, um, it it really put into perspective why I was angry, why I felt the need to hurt other people, why I felt the need to put up this front, uh, why I felt like I needed to prove a point. I I wanted to show everyone I'm not what y'all think I am, but I really am because Mm -hmm. society thinks of me as this way anyway. Mm -hmm. Is it that you didn't want to give into stereotypes or you didn't want people to be proven right? Oh, knew you wouldn't make it or whatever. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I felt like... I f- like I feel like a lot of people feel when you're bl- you're black and you're trying to come up, you are trying to navigate being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And now that we have social media as a layer, which literally social media was not something that our parents could teach us, we couldn't have a class for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So every single thing that 
I do and post is a blueprint for the next person to follow. And so being in spaces where like I have a nose ring, mm-hmm. I have tattoos, mm-hmm. I'm able to be a, a full professional right now. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to pave that way for me. Right. And so when I think about, you know, what I say to people and how I make other people feel, I know that I want to be genuine at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but I know I'm battling my that problematic side is the battle of the the generational trauma the, and the generational neglect, the generational financial burdens. Institutional I mean, all of it things yes, that have, been that put have just fail, yeah. literally the black like. And I want to say this because me and my um, friends have been listening. Like I listened to the Help Again, and I listened to this other book, and it talked about slaves, and it talked about the women, the white women, and how they used to mutilate black women. Not murder, Mm. not, I mean, they were the masterminds behind some of the things that black women had to endure. Mm -hmm. Getting their pubes burned off, getting their boobs ripped off. The things that we had to endure do not go away in one generation. And I think because there's the studies daily, that show that, like, yes. the stress, it carries on. Yes, and the daily battle of knowing that you are not cared about. You are not fit to be here. You are not at this, sitting at the table. You know, that's why I love Solange mm-hmm. because Same. she can just be whoever she wants to be. And when she, when she came out with that album, I mean, Don't to Touch My table. Hair, I, yes. Mm-hmm. Don't touch my fucking yeah. hair. Like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I am who I am, and I have rose above all the bullshit. Right. And it's crazy because black women are still, still powerful mm-hmm. after all of that. And and I really encourage everybody out there to listen to those audibles. Listen to In the Help. Learn about your history. Oh, listening to those white people, those white women. I wanted to slap a white woman. <laughs> and that's the battle I face. Every day. I'm like, I love to be above it and I love to learn and be this social justice individual that's advocate at heart but mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's like I know what y'all did to my people right? and my mom is suffering and I'm suffering and my family suffering because mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. mentally and that's the history but my thing is that even though you have like gone through all of this you can't you know you can be angry you have a right to be angry you're like looking at me Justin say the right yeah, word because I'm not playing yeah I don't care we can have a back and forth you can't like take out your anger on I guess people that didn't have anything to do with your direct situation even though their lineage might there that individual person did not but it's about is that person making the steps to alleviate the ills of their society do they acknowledge privilege do they acknowledge institutional racism but don't you get tired of (laughs) having to break down the technicalities of the struggle that we face yes i remember being so fucking politically correct yes we we can talk about that too it's not our job to do that but i found myself in a situation where there was this guy that generally wanted to have an understanding about the world and coming from both of our perspectives. This is a white dude. I'm a black guy. And we were just having a conversation. So I remember we were talking and Trump, where we were talking, there's plasma screens everywhere. And CNN was in the background. And of course, they were showing Trump. And he goes, you know, okay, he didn't talk like that. He goes, you know, I, I don't even see why people make Trump such a big deal. What bad has he even done? And I was looking at him. I was confused. I was like, are you serious? And that's where I'm tired. And then I had, during that conversation, I explained what Trump has done, like putting children in cages, um, not caring about different communities, 
being an obvious racist against Hispanic people. Uh, the count, the list goes on. Amen. I explained all of that to him. And then he also had me explain to him what um, affirmative action is, what institutional race racism is, what white supremacy is. I was like, are you really this clueless? You go to a big, high up school and you're so clueless on these important issues. What is white supremacy? What is systemic racism? Is that real? Is white privilege real? And it's it's like, I don't have the energy for that. And exactly. It, it was crazy, the conversation that I had. I think he was able to come away from that um, conversation somewhat enlightened. But I think that <laughs> you need black friends. You need people around you from yeah. different walks and of life. And we don't have to explain. And that's what, that's literally, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the activist in me mm-hmm. wants to shout it at the top of my lungs. But then that part of me that keeps myself at peace is being able to keep this, this kind of, um, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know how to conduct myself. But I'm going to go and vent to my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I don't have to battle with this white woman today. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Right. And Well, it's, you, you don't have to do somebody else's homework. I keep saying this over and over on the podcast, but the whole like issue with race and racism, it's not black people's duty to explain that to white people. White people have a part, a huge part in that too. So why don't you do the homework and learn the history, learn about your privilege, learn about everything that, you know, this system was built upon. And until that happens, like we're going to still continue to do this cycle where we're yeah. scratching our heads like why don't people get it and you, my growth uh-huh. my growth is where i can get up every morning and still do life mm-hmm. knowing the battles that face me that is where i feel like i've grown i don't think that and that's where my gra- my radical side has mellowed mm-hmm. because i know that i can't get up every day and try to be this radical what does that look like kendall mm-hmm. is that going to pay your bills mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but um it's also the fact that you know with growth with me is you know you know what you can't do and mm-hmm. you know what you can do and you try to just do those things that you can do yeah and that's what helps me get through and so it's not the fact that i've forgiven white people or that you know i i feel like one day we're just going to be equal no it's the fact that i know what the fuck you guys did mm-hmm. you're not going to get over on me but i'm going to get up every day and do this life thing yeah, because you, i'm freaking you, awesome yeah you can control what you can control yeah. given everything that you have everything that you're given you can make the most of your situation and i what we were talking about now could have could even be a whole episode in itself it really like could. talking about the trauma that black people have gone through because i think about it all the time i'm very privileged everybody has some type of privilege to know where I came from. Mm-hmm. I, my parents came here from Nigeria. I know my lineage. Like, that is my truth. But for African Americans, it's like I was a slave. Everything was taken away from me. I don't know what country I came from. I don't know what language I speak. I don't know what my my roots were back then. So I have to make a life for myself here. Imagine the mental strain that you have to go through generation after generation trying to figure everything out and live in the world that didn't want you there in the first place with Jim Crow. And, uh, you know, you can go crazy. And now there is a now we're able to have all these opportunities but nobody and and this is how they trained us. This Mm -hmm. is how they conditioned us. They made us get to the point where we are comfortable because we have the technology and the iPhone to look up and see our history, but there's so much now that people don't know what to believe because we have been lost since yeah, we got so here. Horrible. And people think, oh, no, we found it. We found our way, blah, blah, We're still lost. Mm-hmm. We're spiritually broken. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to realize. That's why I had to come up with my own coping. And mm-hmm. it's literally coping because we are not 
in our home space. Mm-hmm. And that when you're not when you feel misplaced mm-hmm. in your spirit, that's a whole nother situation. And that's why even though you don't know exactly where you came from, I was so happy when I saw the pictures of you in South Africa. Like it touched me to like see somebody like go explore, go mm-hmm. go to a different continent, go to the continent that you're from and just be around there. I don't know how you felt when you went, but whenever I've been to Nigeria twice and each time it's like I feel like a weight lifted off my shoulder. Everybody is black. There's yes. no, like, it felt my so mentor, amazing. My yeah. mentor, um, and it's funny as you say that because both my mentors were able to go with me, two black women who have made me just who I am today, I mm-hmm. promise you. Um, she was just smiling and eating her banana. And I said, why you, you know, why you look like that? And she's just like, I never eat my banana out in public in wow. America. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why I'm eating this banana is because we are in Africa. Mm. And I, it feels, she felt good. Yes, I love that. And it's mm-hmm. because she does not allow her child to be around anything monkey-like. She has a black, um, a black boy. He's beautiful, smart. Does not eat bananas in public because we are seen as monkeys mm. to these people wow. psychologically. Mm-hmm. And so for her to sit there and say that to me, it's not, it's, it's just ingrained in us and it's just crazy. So the fact that we were able to be in Africa and be around so many people, Mm -hmm. I mean, people that look like you, like around so many languages, so much culture, so much food. And then sister, my sister. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, and I got so many gifts. Uh I went crazy. No, I love it. Like, and I have waist beats on now Mm -hmm. that I was given in Africa, and it's like what month four or five with them, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to go on years. Okay, I don't want to take them off, and I I know it's a trend now that people are wearing waist beats and people feel a type of way, and you're supposed to be an older woman from like uh, I think it's. Ghanaian culture is specifically yeah. has to give it to you and mm-hmm. it wasn't obviously that but I did get them from Africa and um you know I don't care about other people obviously doing it but I feel really they, mm-hmm. they're very special you have to a me. connection to it yes it's I amazing. do really have a connection and it's the last piece of me that you know is there on my body every day reminding me like you went to the motherland and you're going back yes please people if you haven't mm-hmm. been to Africa if there's a way that if you have ever the chance especially if you're under 30 there are backpacking opportunities um, I will be trying to take a group mm-hmm. don't like be scared two years I think I want to take a group and us all organize um, because I actually met a guy in Soweto and um, they're they like literally their motto is like peace and love mm-hmm. and you're safe there and they have a whole like kind of la- a lodging area which we didn't lodge there because we didn't know mm-hmm. um we had to look up like our group had to look up everything so we basically did the whole trip ourselves mm-hmm. um and the advisors just basically advised us but I made a connection with him, got his information, and so I want to go back yes. and take people. Please, because I want no people. Cost. I want people to feel the same way that you feel. There's yep. just something about being in Africa that just makes you feel at home, yeah. and everybody deserves a chance to f- have that feeling, yeah. and that's amazing. And that is the end of the episode. So thank you guys for continuing to listen. I hope you guys like this episode. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff in this episode. And hopefully there's something that y'all felt you could relate to with that episode. So again, if you guys want to send us a letter, if you guys want us to answer a question, if you want us to give you advice, if you're going through something, if you have drama and you want us to give you advice, we'll definitely do that. If, even if you want to say hi, like go ahead and send us a letter, send us anything and we'll answer it on air. 
um you can even dm us on instagram whatever you feel comfortable with do that but yeah thank you guys for listening and as always i will catch you guys next wednesday you know this here is my shit